Greetings, fellow travelers. Welcome to a hun- the 103rd episode of the RPG Cave. I am one of your hosts, the level 99 human archmage, Ryan Turford. And I am joined, as always, by the level 99 elf medic, Mr. Garrett Bland. Garrett, how are you doing on this lovely, lovely Monday evening? Good, sir. I'm doing good. I, I you know, this is a Ryan. This is a very special episode, I think, because yeah. I never thought I would see the day where I would just complete a Final Fantasy game, but here we are. I yeah. did it, and it's uh, it feels amazing. I uh, you know now now I'm a Final Fantasy stan. I am ready to play all the other ones, including the hit MMO Final Fantasy XI uh, that's still going on uh, on the Xbox 360. So yeah, you should definitely do that. Yeah, or just pull out your PS2 with your PS2 hard drive on it because it was the only game, of course, in North America that used the PS2 hard drive besides Monster Hunter. Uh, and then you could you know use your dial-up connection to connect to the internet and play. Final Fantasy XI on Man, the PlayStation that was a thing. 2. Wait, a PS2 had that? The dial-up yeah. going on? Okay, cool. That's It didn't support Ethernet access. It only had oh, right. a dial-up port. 360 was the first, like... Kind of, oh, no, wait, was it the original Xbox that had Original Xbox. Yes, that that one, like, pushed... It's like, hey, you definitely need a Ethernet port, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, Man. it was the first one with... Because, yeah, the GameCube also had a network adapter for... For Fantasy Star Online 2, and it also required dialogue. Oh, I totally had that for sure. Yeah, I totally played online on, on the GameCube. Yeah. I mean, it was the only GameCube game that actually supported that accessory. <laughs> so they wanted to have more, but none of them. Yeah. There just weren't enough online games for the GameCube. Split Cube, screen was the thing on GameCube and yep. everywhere else. So, yep. I remember playing games of Red Faction 2 on the GameCube, and we, which was a first-person shooter, and we were doing, like, four-player yeah. deathmatch at split-screen, because, of course, that was the only way you could really play it. Whereas, whereas people over on Xbox were playing that game in 720p online with 16 other friends and stuff like that. Like 720p was a thing, man. Like, whoa, how sharp that was. Yeah. HD. You got, if you got Super those HD. Xbox per component cables, Garrett, you'd be able to experience games. Cable. You'd be able to experience the games in 720p or 1080i with certain titles. Well, so only- was it upgraded cable? Like cables with the Xbox? That yeah, was like okay. Well, so so the the console itself was powerful enough to output like because all the 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 consoles at that time were were either 480i or 480p. Right. Um, but with, but with the Xbox, it was such a powerful system internally that it was able to, you know, bring like play the games at native revolution resolutions above 480p, um, because it was so powerful. So you had 720p for a lot of original Xbox games and then 1080i for like 20 or 30 specific games, like enter the matrix, including Halo was one of them. Was Halo one of them? Halo was 720p. Halo 722. Okay. Which okay. actually, like, in hindsight, with a progressive television, uh, the way HGTVs are now, Garrett, like, progressive is always better than interlaced. So actually, 720p actually gives you a better picture than 1080i, um, despite the fact that oh, 1080i is like a larger resolution because of the way that the, the images interlace. I had of- one of those huge, like, box TVs. You know, it was literally like wooden boards. Yeah, <laughs> wrapped around this thing. It was a behemoth. My but goodness. they wrapped around your HDTV or your CRT. 
It was an HD TV at the time. I did have a CRT in my in my toy room. I had, oh. I had my own toy room. So uh, oh, so you must have had, you guys must have had a rear projection TV because my yes. my grandfather actually had one of those. Like that was the very first HD TV I had ever seen. Was his rear projection HD TV? It was huge. It was gigantic. It was this fifty five so inch TV, huge, but it was like this this wide. Like on the the audio, it was like a third of our living room, just boxed in a corner. We had surround sound speakers. It was, yeah, it was good. Yeah. Well, anyways, we should probably (laughs) actually start talking about RPGs, Gary, because we're five minutes into the show, and we we also have other things we need to talk about before we get into the the topic du jour. But folks at home, if you're watching the show and you want to support us, of course, um, if you're watching the live stream right now over at youtube.com slash carpool gaming, or if you're watching the video on domain later, don't forget to smash that like button, hit that subscribe button. If you haven't hit that subscribe button already, let us know in the comments below what you think about Final Fantasy 16 and also hit that notification bell to be notified whenever we go live with new videos. Also, if you're listening on the audio feeds, don't forget to rate us if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or, you know, maybe leave a little Apple Podcast review. All that stuff helps the show get discovered. Um, Also, if you want one big audio feed with all the Carpool Gaming stuff on it or some exclusive content like the Pants Patreon podcast for Patreons podcast that I recorded this week or Carpool Gaming BTS, which we recorded over the weekend. Head on over to patreon.com slash carpool gaming. Throw a little tip in the old tip jar and out comes content. But Garrett, there's one other thing we need to get into before we get out of housekeeping. That, uh, of course, this is the one big one more thing. It's just like, you know, at the end, when you get to the end of a really good press conference, Garrett, Mm -hmm. they got Mm -hmm. a one more thing for you. We got a one more thing thing. for you, folks. Um, This is actually going to be the last time that the RPG cave meets for a little while in its traditional state in its normal state. Um, because I, if you've been listening to uh, Xbox drive this week, or if you've, you know, been around on the discord, um, I actually announced a light last week that I will actually be taking time off from carpool gaming for the next month. Um, because, you know, here at carpool gaming, we strive for, you know, providing a great mental health environment for, um, all the hosts. Um, and everyone's kind of been taking, you know, a break this year. Um, and with all the big games coming out in September and October, Garrett, it just, for me, it just seemed like August was the best time for me to do that. Just right before Starfield comes out. Um, I think taking a break now is like, if I'm going to take one this year, like this is the best time for me to do that. It's pretty quiet for games for me in August, for sure. Like I'm not picking anything up until Sea of Stars. No joke. Yeah, Which so. uh, hilariously, Garrett, I don't know if you saw my Twitter yesterday because no, most people haven't been paying attention to this because I didn't realize this until yesterday either. But Sea of Stars and Starfield come out on the same week. I didn't I, realize that. I but. understand that. And I, I've been having a long thought about this. And I I don't know about you, but I think I can wait a week on Starfield and just play <gasps> I think the I blasphemy go, from you, Garrett Bland, of all I, people. I think I can play through Sea of Stars before uh, I'm able to access Starfield. Because once I have access to Starfield, it's it's game over for me. I need I need yeah. to play Sea of Stars beforehand. So that's actually that's a good true. point because I know mm-hmm. like once like you in particular like definitely like out of all the people on Carpool staff like you're definitely the biggest Bethesda Game Studios fan. Oh, so. Yes. I would. I. I just figured you'd be so excited for Starfield that you would would not want to play anything. But you're playing the smart game here, Garrett, where you're trying yes. to, you know, play like get the game out of the way first that you want to get out of the way before jumping into to Starfield. I mean, I'm very excited for Sea of Stars as well. Also, Fallout Four. I, you know, for me, Fallout Four. I played it like day one, 
for me, but I actually didn't finish and beat and platinum the game until like a year later. Mm-hmm. I am a wait and see type of gamer. It's just whenever okay. I'm in the mood, but Starfield is looking like my jam. It's going to be my September, October, November, December game. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. I so yeah. I'm super down. Yeah. And so I know, and, and as Josh kind of points out in the chat, I know a lot of people are actually excited for Baldur's Gate 3 coming up this month as well. Um, Freaking nerds. I am. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, I, I, I'm like, wait and see on this because maybe I'll check out the console version when it comes to PlayStation. But even then, it's coming out the same week as Starfield's out. So it's just like, I don't know if I'm ever getting to this game this year. I mean, it might just be a next year game if it goes on sale kind of thing for me. Dude, Baldur's Gate 3 is another type of Starfield time requirement. It's just so much. I just mm. don't know. Baldur's Gate 3 is kind of a check out and see if I like it type of game. You know, actually, I would rather play the other CRPGs that are very popular and very cheap. Like, like I have Divinity Original Sin 2. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I should play that a little more before I really get familiar with, or even the original Baldur's Gate 1 and 2 games that, yeah. you know, are out on Switch and PC as well. So, yeah. yeah. And I mean, I could also jump into Baldur's Gate, Garrett, but I have to finish... 24 the game over of course like do. that that takes top priority of course i mean someone needs to find out what happens to jack bauer in this game on your non-ethernet ported uh ps2 yes 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 some look it's one of those things where i wanted to stream it over the last two weeks and i just didn't have the the, the mm. scheduling did not work out so um it will definitely be i will be playing it over the break and that's that's the that's the game i'm telling people i'm playing over the break garrett but i might actually play it some shouldn't be stuff. long right it should be like Less than 10 hours. I, I think I looked it up on how long to beat. I think it's like seven hours, I think is what it's. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. That's good. Yeah, so it's not a very long game. So anyway, so getting back to what we were talking, because we, we sidetracked a little bit from there. So RPG Cave will be going on on audio feeds. What we're doing yes. um, is we will actually have a rerun episodes on the cool. audio feeds. Um, we actually, uh, I went back and picked out, Garrett, my favorite four episodes Aww. of the RPG cave. That's nice. Um, okay. And then I record like a little, like kind of intro on them um, and they're going to be on the audio feed. So you'll still get a little something on the audio feeds, but they will be old episodes. Um, cool. And I made sure to kind of target or put the emphasis on revisiting old episodes um, because I I know a lot, we do have a lot of new listeners that haven't actually been, you know, listening to all of our stuff. Um, So that's a good way to catch up if you're brand new to the RPG cave uh, while we're away. And then uh, Garrett, I know you're not kind of ready to 100% camera from everything, but you have a, you have a couple other little things that are going to actually happen over my break as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I definitely want to plan it out. Like, for sure, sometime next week, most likely Monday, like around this time, I will be doing some type of maybe a live stream or recording or whatever. I did play through Atelier Remake uh, Murray, which is the first game that came out from the Atelier series, uh, co-provided by Koei Tecmo. Thank you very much. Um, And yeah, I'll just go through it with my thoughts um and so yeah check out that sometime next week most likely monday and then also the following week and intended date for thursday the 17th matt's gonna join me and nope we're not gonna do an rpg cave but we're gonna do something the pc folks are gonna like very much maybe pc centric so check it out episode one of the pc drive starring garrett and matt let's go 
Oh man, it, <laughs> I, 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 probably not. It's not that's actually okay. going to be that, folks. No, <laughs> no, no. People have been asking for the PC drive for a long time, but I know that's not actually going to be that. But maybe it's like a maybe it's like a sample of what the PC drive could be. It's a pilot, we'll or like a you know one of those seasonal shows. You know, yeah. They just pop in every once in a while like you know me and him we have a huge love for our steam decks um i'm really into like the pc portable handheld space and i love getting into just pc just all around so i think it'd be good to just talk to him and see what you know going through that so yeah great yeah and then i will return to the show of course um my first show back will be um september 4th I will be back basically because I will be coming back Starfield Day because Sean and I will be planning something for Starfield Day on September 1st. Um, so look out for details soon about that. Uh, and then we'll be back on September 4th. The Canadian long weekend, I might add. Jared, the what? The Can- Canadian- there's, a, there's, a, there's a long weekend here in Canada. That oh, weekend. okay. Yeah. It, so that- well, that's interesting. There, I, I think we have, oh man, it's either Memorial Day or La- oh, it's Labor Day. We have a Labor Day weekend. I think it's the same weekend. I think it's the same weekend. Yeah, Yeah. I think they just lined it up on purpose. (laughs) Absolutely. So, Garrett, but I know we're 14 minutes into the show and we haven't even got to the the main topic yet. But we got a a little side quest that I gotta at least have us venture on at least a little bit because um, I don't know if you've been keeping up with the news or or all of my all caps tweets over on Twitter this week. Um, But or I should say X. I apologize for calling it Twitter. It is in fact called X. Please stop. (laughs) Um, The website officially says X now. My app says X now, Garrett. That's what I'm calling it. It forced an update on my phone. I like turned off auto enable update, you know, type of deal on my phone and it's still forced an update. I don't know what Android did. I don't know what Elon Musk paid millions of dollars to Google or whatever. They're buddy buddies. But man, my phone is now X and I'm very sad. I can't rename or reskin the app too. I'm I'm gonna have to root this phone in order to do that. So anyways, that's in a whole other size of Anyways, getting back to, to what I was what I was talking about. Um we we got the big announcement, of course, the Final Fantasy 14 keynote happened this week, which by the way, oh, yeah. they announced the brand new expansion for Final Fantasy 14, Dawn Trail. It looks awesome. It looks like a summer vacation with all of our fam- our heroes. It's the beginning of a brand new storyline because um, they wrapped up kind of the, the original storyline from the, all the, the first four expansions in the base game with with Endwalker, the last expansion. So they're starting a, it's starting from scratch. Um, it looks like it's going to be like a heck of a good time. And uh, of course, they announced during the showcase that it's finally coming to Xbox and people got really, really excited about this, myself included, of course, where, you know, we got this new expansion coming out next year because it's coming out next summer. Um, we also have the, the game finally coming to Xbox, even though they told us multiple times that the game would never come to Xbox because they can't, mm-hmm. you know, solve the technical limitations that were preventing it from coming to Xbox. Um, now that we know that's coming early next year, we have a not, lot of new players that, of course, have been asking about um how do we get how do i get into this how do i get into final fantasy 14 like where do i where do i get started is carpool gaming maybe willing to help sherpa new people into final fantasy 14 and i i've yes. got good news for you folks i don't i'm not ready to give the full details today 
because I don't have everything mapped out. Again, if you, uh, some of the people I know who are watching right now have been in the Discord today and, and have already gotten some of these details already. Um, but of course, if you're listening on audio feeds or whatnot, um, of course, I have thousands and thousands of hours in Final Fantasy 14. So I am, and I play it on the regular all the time. So I would love to kind of put th- something together and kind of celebrate this yeah, launch definitely. coming to Xbox, but also just a lot of new people coming into the game um i to to kind of experience this brand new story i think it's going to be really awesome so um first of all um we will be making a carpool gaming free company in final fantasy 14 free companies are basically the name of guilds in final fantasy 14 so there will be one that i will be organizing later this year probably it will definitely be after my break after i come back from break in september um then this free company will be on a North American server. We are not planning on, like I know, you know, there are European servers, there are oceanic servers, there's Japanese servers because the vast majority of our, our listeners and and viewers are in North America. It just makes sense for us to make a North American server. Mm -hmm. So that's what we're, we're doing. Um, We'll most likely be on the Dynamis data center, most likely the world Seraph. Um, this gives us a whole bunch of benefits like extra XP for brand new people in the game. Um, it also gives uh, it's the ability to buy a free company house. So we can actually have, Garrett, a carpool gaming house that we can all hang out in. Uh, I will make sure there's um, it's equipped with all of the, the crazy gadgets like a submarine and a stripper pole and a crazy disco ball. Uh, it's going to be great. You're going to love it. Um, also, a what chocobo chair. Um, there's going to be a chocobo chair for people to go hang out on. Um, and also we can, you know, travel to other North American servers if we want kind of faster queue times. Um, and the focus of this is we're going to like do a bunch of stuff together, whether it's raids, you know, dungeons, just, or just hanging out at the carpool gaming house. Like we'll, we'll set up like Mm. parties maybe at the carpool gaming house. Cause I don't know if you knew this Garrett, but in final fantasy 14, one of the things people like to do is have parties and organize parties in game at player housing and they will invite like 80 to 90 people on the server to just come hang out in this one location to come you know hang out or a lot of times people turn their houses into nightclubs or um what's what's the the pg word for this um (laughs) not so savory institutions where you go to um do things with other people um so yeah they have lots of things like that in the games we won't be doing anything to that extreme but we will be, probably make it a, kind of like a our carpool gaming party house. Uh, but all in all, I want it to be like a safe environment for people who want to jump in and get into Final Fantasy 14 with us. And I will actually be putting together some content. Um, so if you're new and haven't actually picked up the game yet or tried it out, um, first of all, there's a free trial. So anyone can actually hop into that. Uh, yep. But I will be actually making some videos when I return from my vacation um, that uh, will instruct people on like, here's how you get started with the game. Um, here are the things I kind of recommend you do to kind of start out, you know, what all like the breaking down all the different classes, things like that. So I'll have some cool. starter stuff involved. So then that way we can, of course, you know, have all this. But um, with all that out of the way, Garrett, I want to quickly touch on this. And this is the other reason I wanted to kind of bring this up because, um, you know, lots of people ever since this got announced, have been asking me about this particular question in particular. So um, on stage with Yoshi P, Phil Spencer was there with the president of Square Enix as well. Mm -hmm. And they said publicly on stage that this is the beginning of a brand new partnership with Xbox where more games from Square Enix will be coming to Xbox. In fact, the, the, the quote was that 
any game will, that they make will come to Xbox unless there are limitations that prevent it from doing so. Like that is the, mm. that is their focus. They want everything that can be on Xbox will be on Xbox. So I want to hear from you, Gary. What do you think about this news? Knowing because even though you're not like a big Final Fantasy person, I know you love Square's games and you play on yeah. Xbox. So yeah, I'm curious yeah, yeah. to know what you think. So, you know, Square Enix has been a little bit more. Well, well, definitely PlayStation-centric because, you know, they're a Japanese company. They really serve a Japanese audience, first and foremost, and that's their priority. It definitely makes sense. It, you know, it it kind of doesn't make sense where every other game I see, like, within this past year, it's, like, it's on Xbox or it's not on Xbox. And it's just, like, why? Like, this is kind of weird. Even, like, a couple years ago, they had its... They had a semi push with Final Fantasy games and other Square <laughs> Enix games to Game Pass, which was cool. And they kind of like let it off a little bit. And I'm glad Phil Spencer's kind of back to just say, hey, we are here for the Xbox audience and for the people that want to play Square Enix games on Xbox. I don't expect um, Square Enix games to come to Game Pass or at least, you know, brand new ones, of course. Um, right. Maybe older ones or maybe coming from last year or this year or whatever for yeah. four to six months or something like that. Very typical. Um, but yeah, I. So this this screams to me. Yes, most of Square Enix smaller games are going to come over to Xbox. Final Fantasy and Dragon Quest or those are the two big ones I'm saying. Eh, it may or may not. Dragon Quest more likely to be on Xbox because, you know, Dragon yeah. Quest. 11 was also on xbox as well um i don't i don't see that being exclusive i don't see the point of paying money to be exclusive it because it, yeah. it's a traditional well we'll see how dragon quest 12 does but it's more of a traditional japanese role-playing game it's like it doesn't make sense to pay it yeah. off for exclusivity but other than like the mainline final fantasy games i i don't i don't see any other game uh going like unless they're paid off by sony to to, to go to xbox so this is very yeah. positive i think overall mm-hmm. i think so too like i feel like unless sony is giving them the bag of money with the dollar sign on it like they yeah. do with final fantasy 16 i think everything square enix puts out from now on comes to xbox day and date mm-hmm. like the earlier this year to like to the point where like we had a bunch of square enix releases this year garrett like early yeah. in the year and all of them skipped xbox versus you know, in con- stark contrast to what we saw last fall, where e- almost every Square Enix game that came out last fall, when we had like a whole bunch of them come out, like they all came to Xbox. Like we had Star Ocean on Xbox. We had yep. Dealful Chronicle. Oh, we have Final Fantasy Seven. Uh, what's the PSP remake again? Uh, uh, yeah, Crisis Core came to Xbox. Crisis as Core. Well. Yeah. The only ones we were missing were were Valkyrie Elysium and Tactics yeah. Ogre were the only two yeah. we missed. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So I and I think like we might see some of those come over. In fact, I think before I mean, mark my words, Garrett. I'm looking at the calendar right now. I'm marking down your calendar. Uh, uh, Ryan Turford says on July 31st, 2023. Mark my words, Octopath Traveler Two will be on Xbox before the year is over. Hundred mm. percent. I like. I think it'll also come to PC. But I think a game like yeah, that yeah. is going to come to Xbox. Oh, definitely. I also wouldn't rule out something like Fiat Rhythm Final Bar Line coming to Xbox before the year's out. Um, yeah, I could see that. Or even like some of the, the games that missed, missed Xbox last year, like Valkyrie Elysium, like Tactics Ogre. I think we could see some of those come to Xbox as well. Like, I, I think I, I think some of those are definitely going to happen 
at this point. And also, you know, it, things could go the other way, Garrett. Like, what if Microsoft, you know, to Yarden's point kind of in the chat here, like, what if Microsoft rolls up with the, the bag of money mm-hmm. instead of Sony with some of this stuff? Like, I'm curious to know what might actually happen with with that. Like, that that's mm-hmm. always a possibility going going in the future, too. It would be, you know, it would be very cool. I know I, Phil has been very interested in the Japanese studios and market, which is very intriguing to me. But yeah. it would be kind of cool to have a xbox japanese rpg exclusive game yeah like just to see how that would shake out what would the audience react to it how how would it you know react to game pass or whatever not a final fantasy game of course or or like you know these traditional uh series but like just one JRPG that would have been exclusive for, let's just say for a year, you know? Of course, it'll probably just come other platforms, but it would be cool to see. Yeah, it would be, it would be really interesting. So yeah, I know, I know there will be more talk about this on Xbox Drive this week, but I wanted to talk about it a little bit here, especially because I mean, I'm not going to be on Xbox Drive this week because um, I will be, you know, on my on my break at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, the, the the co-host on Xbox Drive this week, I, I'm I think people are going to be really excited for who is going to fill, be filling in for me while I'm away because mm-hmm. I think that's going to be a good show. I'm certainly happy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I knew you'd like it, Garrett. But yeah. Anyways, now that we're 25 minutes in the show, Garrett, we should probably read from the sacred text before they get too dusty. So, of course, (laughs) our main topic this evening is Final Fantasy 16. Garrett's played it. I've played played it. it. We've both finished the game. Yes. Um, So I will preface, there will be spoiler talk in this conversation, but it will be happening later in the discussion. So we will actually be very, very pointing me like, by the way, with flashing lights, spoilers, Mm-hmm. You know, if you turn it, turn off the podcast now and come back to it when you've when you've finished the game, uh, if you don't want to be spoiled. Likewise, if you're listening on audio feeds, um, I I've actually gone ahead and put in the description of the podcast what time the spoilers start. Um, so, you know, kind of when to kind of watch out for um, mm-hmm. and things like that. So there Great. we go. Um, but Garrett, I want to hear from you now that you first of all. I'm so proud of you. You've actually finished your first Final Fantasy game, Garrett. I'm, I did I'm, it. I'm so happy that it finally, finally happened that you yep. finished your Final Fantasy game. So I want surface level thoughts from you, Garrett. Nothing, you know, spoiler related or kind of too deep because okay. we're going to go deep on this in just a second. But I want to know kind of your surface level thoughts and what 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 this process was like actually for like a non Final Fantasy person because I want to know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. You know, my history of Final Fantasy, as you know, it's not been very serious. I have tried out Final Fantasy IV, Final Fantasy VII multiple times, Final Fantasy X, which is, I'm I'm not going (laughs) to, sorry, sorry, I'm not going to go into the joke. You Um, say that, but so many people were saying Final Fantasy XVI is the best Final Fantasy since Final Fantasy X. Oh, God. And that Final Fantasy X is better. (laughs) Such a weird joke. Um, Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. So I've, you know, I've, I've dabbled around, I've seen what's kind of there in terms of just like, what's a final fantasy game. I kind of know what a final fantasy game tropish should look like. Um, Mm -hmm. mainly the the mascot of the game, Chocobos, like, uh, that's, that's kind of big, but also it is the final fantasy, you know, it's, all the fantastical kind of stories and tropes that you want to put into a, a like a, a good fictional story 
from beginning to end, following uh, a character's following a quest, following uh, a role, a storyline, meets other characters off to the side, world building. Um, yeah, and I think I got all of that with Final Fantasy 16. They did such a good job of building this, what this world is, what the premise is, and how Clive just you know goes through his journey. Uh, from beginning to end um i like all the themes going around just the game itself um yeah overall world building very final fantasy like um i think for me um sometimes jrpgs can be vague or it can be very uh not non-specific and final fantasy is that to me like i don't know like every time i try a final fantasy game i'm trying to understand it like in the first 30 minutes and you really can't understand it until maybe mid game. <laughs> I'm not joking with you. Yeah. You, you don't under really understand what's going on with these characters or with these stories until like maybe mid to late game, to be honest with you. Um, and I, I felt like this in here as well. Um, the pacing was kind of weird for me, to be honest with you. It's a roller coaster. Um, there's so many different things happening. There's time jumps and so on and so forth. Um, so yeah, that's that's my surface level thoughts so far. Is that it is okay? Final Fantasy is it's good. It's fully realized. It's awesome. But man, it took a while for me to understand what's going on. Um, so what you're yeah. saying, Garrett, is it's the type of game that gets you. It, it, it's it's fine, but it gets really good twenty hours in, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, for this that one, old trope, I would, say, I would say ten to fifteen hours in. I'm like. <laughs> Okay, now I'm kind of getting where it's going. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because a lot, because a lot of Final Fantasies are kind of slow burn kind of stories they are. like that, they are. where it's like they're not they're not trying to ramp things up too quickly. They want you to kind of see all sides of the conflict and things like that. Especially this game, where I like I like the fact that even though Cly is kind of the main character, you kind of see. Mm-hmm. Like a, a lot of different facets of, of the different characters. You also get to see a lot of the villains and some of the yep. other characters that you'll run into along the way. Like I like when Final Fantasy games do that, where they the focus isn't just on the main party, but also with, you know, every everyone else out there and the villains, yeah. too. Yeah. Like I like I like all the, the world building they do in this particular game. And honestly, as a Final Fantasy fan, Garrett, um, I'm not loath to disagree with the people who also, who actually say it's the best Final Fantasy since 10, although I would, of mm. course, revise that and scratch out the 10 because I don't because people know I famously I don't like Final Fantasy 10. In fact, I, I got a kick out of it when watching the Final Fantasy 14 keynote this week, Garrett, because um, people, of course, like um, when they were announcing some new things, Yoshi yeah. P was like, um, what what mode do you guys want to see? And everyone in the audience yelled Blitzball. And he's like. We're never doing Blitzball. Blitzball. Is ter- <laughs> he basically just so said much. Blitzball on st- like t- Blitzball is terrible on stage. Oh, Thank my God. You. It was the best thing. Um, it's so good. Um, but uh, but yeah, so I, I like as a Final Fantasy fan, I really enjoyed this game a lot. Yes, it's a big departure gameplay wise from gameplay other wise, Final Fantasy yeah. fan, fan mm-hmm. other Final Fantasy games. But I mean, I would say it's as much of a big departure as 15 was. And mm-hmm. one of the things that Final Fantasy has always prided itself on in the same way that that series like Mario is, is that even though the Final Fantasy games have like similar themes and, and mm-hmm. um, other things that kind of tie the games together, they always try something different with the gameplay. And sometimes there are subtle changes Whereas sometimes they're big sweeping changes, um, like we're kind of seeing here. Like they always like yeah. to tr- do different things. Like if you compare the combat between Final Fantasy XII, Final Fantasy XIV, 
Final Fantasy 13, Final Fantasy 15 and Final Fantasy 16. All four of them are very different from each other, let alone all the old games. Like, Mm -hmm. so that's something that's like very that's something that's been consistent with the series. Like going all the way back to some of the even the older games were like that as well. We're even like um, Mm -hmm. Final Fantasy 2, when you kind of compare it to Final Fantasy 1 is super interesting because it has this level system where the more you use specific weapons and stuff like that, the the more you level up that way, like it didn't have a traditional leveling Mm -hmm. system in it Um, because, again, they were trying to do something different every single time. Um, and that's something I've always appreciated about the series. And and sometimes it's always, you know, that's always hit or miss. Like with 15, I don't think they they kind of nailed the right formula with that game. Whereas I, I do really like kind of the formula they have in 16. So I came away actually pretty happy with this game. Mm-hmm. You know, I have some nitpicks, of course, and we'll get into of some course. of those in a bit. But yeah. um, overall, I think it's a really solid game. And honestly, one of one of my favorite games of the year, if I'm being nice, honest, nice. at this point. I want to pick up with, you know, what you said about the gameplay. It is a very good, uh, very solid action RPG. You know, like it's very, well, I wouldn't say RPG, but yeah, okay. Good on the action-based combat uh, with the different abilities going on. And it gets, it's easy to get into, but it's hard to master, I would say. Um, And you can clearly tell that this guy who came from the Devil May Cry series is really the masterwork of this combat because it, it it does really scream. Like, with all the bosses and everything, it's like, oh, yeah, this is definitely an action-focused game, and it's very fun. Even for me, which is not a huge action person, I'm not into yeah. a lot of fast, kinetic type of games. This one is very easy to get into and very fun as well. Mm-hmm. So I just want yeah. to put that out there. Yeah. yeah. Well, actually, it's a good, good segue to maybe even talk about the combat first before mm-hmm. we talk about the story, because I think that's one of the big selling points, I think, for oh, this yeah. game, because the, 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 the story, I think, is pretty good. But I think the combat is actually the thing that won me over the most. If I'm yeah, being honest, like too. I really enjoyed the combat. Um, unlike you, Garrett, I am actually definitely that type of person that loves the fast action games. I love Ninja Gaiden. I love Bayonetta. Mm. I love Devil May Cry. Like I love games like that. Like those are my favorite style of action games. Um, and I definitely found this game on the easier side when you yes. compare it to those other games, which I think, you know, to your point, Garrett, I think makes it more approachable for those that maybe aren't into that style of game to maybe get into this game a little bit better. And th- and then that way, if you like this, then maybe you try out like one of the, one of those harder, more mm-hmm. difficult games mm-hmm. and kind of transition from there. Like, I feel like it's a lot more beginner friendly um, and e- even just on the default mode. And then you can adjust a whole bunch of things to make it even easier for you. If mm-hmm. you, if you want to even, even e- easier experience, which I think is great. Like, I think it's good that we have like a fast action game like, that's like this, that isn't, so focused on difficulty that it tries people away yeah and also like it's really approachable in a sense of like you know whenever you die in in terms of a battle in terms of a boss battle or whatever you come back with all your potions and like it's it's pretty easy to get back it's not like oh my gosh shimagami tensei 5 i just lost here i have to go to back to my previous save oh i saved like three hours ago no it's it's like come back like beginning of the battle with all your potions and just get into it and just kind of get through this game. Like it's, it's fine, which is very nice uh, to have. 
Yeah, uh, it reminds me it. of Celeste in that way, where even though Celeste, oh, people yeah, talk about true. it as, as mm-hmm. it being a really difficult game, um, it gives you a lot of great uh, like options for when you die, you basically start right at the beginning of the screen there. Um, like almost no, or no foul, like you're instantly back in the game kind of where you were. And I mm-hmm. and this game kind of does the same thing with harnessing the power of the PlayStation 5's SSD with sure. no loading and just having you just instantly kind of back where you were. Like, I think I think that was great. But, yeah, no, that's um, great. Yeah, and I love the icon abilities as well that, that you get. Like, it, yeah. it, in the combat for the first, like, couple hours, it's kind of boring because you really just it don't is. have a lot of different abilities. Um, so you're kind of just spamming the same moves all the time. But I love how complex the combat really gets when you are juggling your different icon abilities and you're cycling mm-hmm. through, like, the three... Um, icons that yeah. you've kind of set up in your menu. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you pl- actually play New Game Plus, Garrett, um, what's <laughs> really interesting, <laughs> when you actually, when you start, you know, gaining, when you start mastering all the abilities, you can then fully customize the icons and mix and match powers from other icons with your selected icon. So you can have like some of Garuda's abilities and Bahamut's abilities when you have Phoenix selected, as an example, if you really like mm. Phoenix's charge ability and, and kind of the combinations that come out of that are like super interesting and cool. Actually, I I came to realize that even late game, you can do that. Like yeah. late game, first playthrough. I was like, wait, you can do that? That's weird. Like, <laughs> Yeah, it's only when you master a bit an ability, having it like at its full potential. Um, those are the abilities you can do that with but uh which is why i say that's mostly in new game plus because at that point you base when you finish new game plus masters you out you well you you can fill you fill out the entire tree so everything gets maxed out by that that's very nice because of how you'll get leveled right so Mm -hmm. um at that point then you just totally mix and match it with whatever skills and abilities that you like to take on the tough Mm -hmm. challenges of new game Mm -hmm. plus especially if you're playing on the final fantasy mode which is like a really cool kind of extension of of the story that has you like yeah, increases the level cap um, and you kind of level up your character all over again. Yeah. I do want to say in terms of gameplay and all the, so when we say icons, these are like different kind of God powers that you get throughout the game and they actually deliver much different uh, move sets and combat abilities during these battles. And you really don't get all of them until the very end. Like, like yeah. you get the last one, and you're you're facing the end like at that point um and i would say as you said new game plus is really a place where you can showcase and maximize all that you can do with all your power and really just go through because i felt like the last two or three that i got the uh, of the icons were kind of just demos to me i'm like oh yeah i have it great but like i don't have enough points to invest in it or i haven't played enough with it to really, you know, uh, put into combat or whatever. But anyways, that's that's one kind of major thing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think, again, the, the aim there is like, oh, well, if they're expecting, oh, you'll want to actually come back and yeah, the game's so good. You'll want to yeah. replay it with New Game Plus because you're going to want that Platinum Trophy, I guess, is, is kind of the mindset there. Or at least mm-hmm. that's just the way I like thinking about, about it from like what I think the developers are thinking about with, it, with a choice like that. It's probably mm-hmm. how they mm-hmm. do that. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think um, the the combat really awesome. I think the story itself, we touched on it a lot already, but I think the story is really well done. Again, it, it's, it starts off a little bit slow, 
mm-hmm. but I like kind of the 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 the, the directions the the story kind of pulls and and itself in as you as you go through the story. Um, but we'll, I think we'll deal, dive much more into that when we get to spoilers in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, Garrett, I want to know because I know you kind of um, played this pretty quickly when we got get towards this episode how how much of the side quests did you do did you all do all the side quests a whole bunch of them a couple of them what did you do with those i probably did all of them except for like the last 10 okay or something like that um i did a lot of like i think uh a lot of the late ones it was getting so side quests were initially for me kind of like one of those you know pick and grab and choose and like go somewhere else type of vibe you know like oh fetch quest you know i'm gonna pick up some rocks or, or whatever. But really towards the end, um, there were some very good quests, side quests, especially with certain side characters. It felt like that's a, you know, Witcher caliber type of side quest. Like it, it, yeah. it developed some good character quality, some uh, character development. And I really enjoyed going through that particular side quest. Um, But you really don't hit that until probably like the last, I would say 30 or 25% of the game. Yeah. Um, Cause a lot of the side quests to start are like, here's a pile of dirt. Go pick up, go pick up the dirt or, you know, you're in a restaurant and you're like, please bring all these dishes. Yeah. You're serving, you know, plates to to people for dinner. Um, Mm -hmm. Josh has a good question in the chat. Did you do all the hunts, Garrett? I did uh, more than half of the hunts and I probably (laughs) ran into them uh, accidentally, you know, like I I would go into, so hunts are like, kind of like, oh, there's a monster out there in a particular area. We're not going to tell you like exactly the location, but we'll tell you kind of the general uh, area that you can go to. And it's like, okay. And then sometimes I would just go into a side quest. I'm going through an open area. All right, there's a hunt right there. There's, you know, music going on. There's battles. Uh I liked I liked some of the hunts for sure. Um it, actually it, it's funny. I think the hunts were harder than the bosses. Yeah. <laughs> like some of them are pretty rough. Especially like the the S rank ones in particular, yeah, like some S-ranks of those get hard. really difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Um which is yeah, I also really like the hunts. In fact, the hunts, believe it or not, it's actually a system um pulled directly from Final Fantasy 14. Um because oh, nice. as you get into like the later game in Final Fantasy 14, there's hunts in all the different expansions. Um and they're set up similar to this where it's just like it'll be like it's in this kind of like this kind of area of the world and you have to go kind of find it. Mm-hmm. Um and they're kind of set up the same way like with the tier rankings and rewards and everything. Like it's all pulled over. So as a Final Fantasy 14 fan, I actually really appreciated and liked the fact that the hunts were in the game. Um I did actually do all the hunts um because I wanted to get the 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 legendary weapon is which is one of the rewards you get oh, from yeah. doing that. Mm-hmm. Um as well as there are other one uh, other cool rewards that you get for doing the hunts. Cool. But cool. Yeah. So it was it was definitely worth doing. Again, we'll go into a little more specifics when we kind of get into spoilers. So um, I, in fact, we're almost there. So I'm going to actually bring in a couple questions from the community, Garrett, which are not spoiler related, which is why I want to get them out of the way now um, before we kind of transition to spoiler territory. Drosh, don't worry. Your question's coming up later. Drosh had a, a question about spoilers. So we'll talk about that later. Cool. Um, Darstridius asks, is Final Fantasy 16 an RPG or just <laughs> has very little RPG elements? Do you wish it was more? of an rpg so oh, Garrett, okay. we've had this discussion multiple times 
at this mm-hmm. point. You and I uh, slightly differ on this, but I feel like we're closer than I kind of give us credit for. Where you're on the in the camp, or at least the last time I talked, we talked anyways. You were in the mm-hmm. camp of this was more of a action game than a role playing game, mm-hmm. but but close to an RPG. And then my my stance was it's an RPG, but it's the closest to just being a pure action game I will ever call an RPG. It's yeah. kind of my stance as yeah. well. Yeah, I imagine that's unchanged, right? Yeah, yes. And again, I, I want to mention our objective definition in the RPG cave. What a role playing game is, I would agree with Ryan that this is an RPG. It's just for me as I. What I enjoy in RPGs is not, I, I don't see much in this game as, mm-hmm. as much. So I, I don't want to call it. And, and also, I like to compare this game to other action games that have RPG elements. And I'm like, this is very hard to, to convince me this is an RPG. That being said, it is very much a Final Fantasy game, though. Oh, it 100%. Is, yeah, I, I, I don't want to deter anyone that's like, oh, man, this is not a Final Fantasy game. Then it's like, no, this is about as Final Fantasy as you can get in this day and age in terms of themes and stories and, you know, whatever. So, I, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm going to make the argument that it's more of a Final Fantasy game than Final Fantasy 15 ever was. And people never oh, yeah. questioned whether or not that was a Final Fantasy game. So. Just throwing that up there as as a as a thing at this point. But but yeah, as far as Darth Stratus's other question, do you wish it had more RPG elements? Absolutely. I, I mm. wish there were a little bit more to it. No, but I fear that if they muddled up the systems with too many RPG elements, Garrett, and tell me if I'm I'm wrong on this part. Like I feel like it might bog down the gameplay to where it might yes. just be unfun. I think that so, might wreck the balance a little bit. You know what? I'm I'm gonna go opposite on on this. The way this game is built, it's not meant to have too many RPG elements. True. And I, I think it's 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 a very good game on its own, and I just wish it just fixed some pacing issues and maybe um, kind of relax some, or spread out the important side quest a little bit more, uh, spread out, or like give us the abilities a little. Or my, my gripes are more about the pacing of the gameplay and revealing and the stories and it, it, whatever. It's not about, oh my gosh, I'm not crafting yeah. uh, a special weapon or like, oh, I'm not making a parallelogram out of my crystals <laughs> to, you know, give me 3% oh damage. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't, yeah. I'm not missing that in this game. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I would say, you know, I, I, I don't want more complicated RPG elements um, than it already has. I just wish yeah. it just came in a little earlier. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like, I, I do think it eventually, like, as you progress through the game, it gets more, you, you start to ex- explore some more of the RPG elements. And I think it, that, that's why, again, I feel like it's kind of in that camp where it, it's an R, it's RPG enough for me anyways. I don't mm-hmm. need it, probably need it to be more of an RPG. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then next up, Managa Chaka says, which game is better, Final Fantasy 16 or Final Fantasy 7 Remake? And why is it Final Fantasy 7 Remake? And then mm-hmm. Yarden follows up this question by saying, follow up to Nagachaka's question, which game is better, Final Fantasy 16 or Final Fantasy 7 Remake? And your better, your answer to the previous question or Final Fantasy VI, and why is it Final Fantasy VI? 
So oh my goodness. It's so many layers, Garrett. It's so many layers on top of it's layers. Like Final Fantasy Onion. Like my uh, goodness. Um I think they're just two very, very different games. I mean, I'll speak from the okay. Final Fantasy fans perspective where Final Fantasy VII Remake is more of the traditional Final Fantasy experience that I'm personally looking for. But I'm going to say 16 is a better game. 100%. Mm. I think 16 is a much better game than Final Fantasy VII Remake. But, I mean, there are pacing issues in 16 that we're going to talk about in spoilers. Yes. But man, if you want a game with pacing issues... Final Fantasy VII Remake is a game with glaring pacing issues oh, really? that just totally break up the flow of that game for me. Mm. That combined with the fact that I am not overly in love with the Nomura style section of the story they added to it that just feels like filler to me in mm. kind of the worst kind of ways because it feels like Kingdom Hearts filler, which is never a good thing. For me, because oh, no. I, I don't like Kingdom Hearts. So the fact that they're kind of putting fi- Kingdom Hearts in my Final Fantasy 7 just kind of, you know, makes me a little bit sad. So I actually think Final Fantasy 16 is a much more cohesive game mm-hmm. and honestly just a better game quality wise overall. And honestly, if I if I was to go back and play one of the games, it's honestly, probably Final Fantasy 16 is probably the oh, one I'd, okay. I'd actually replay first, despite the fact that I am actually gearing up at some point to do a seven remake replay before rebirth comes out next year i'll play with you oh we could play together um and then as far as final fantasy 6 yard and of course final Fantasy 6 is like the goat it's one of the best games of all time um so of course is a i think final fantasy 6 objectively is a better game than 16 will ever be but oh all right great i don't have an i i have a non-answer for you guys i yeah I have not played seven remakes. Well, one much. of them you've only finished. One of them you finished, and you haven't finished either one of the other ones. So clearly, sixteen is the better game. Yeah, sixteen is the better game. So See? suck it, Yarden. <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And Nagachaka as well. He also asked the question. Yeah, sorry, but, Nagachaka. <laughs> yeah. To draw this point, Tifa can't even save Final Fantasy VII. I love Tifa and Final Fantasy VII remake. And she, yeah, she couldn't even mm-hmm. save that game for me. And again, I don't hate Final Fantasy VII remake. I think it's a great game too. There's just a lot more stuff I don't like about it when you compare it to Final Fantasy 16. And I just honestly, I just had more fun playing Final Fantasy 16. I think it was just an overall <laughs> better experience for me. So there you go. Yeah, and that's yeah. that's coming from someone who loves Final Fantasy 7, which just hurts me to say a little bit. But I don't know. All right, Garrett, before we move on to spoilers, last thing I'm going to ask you, is there anything you want to touch on that we haven't touched on already before we talk? Spoilers with the story. Yeah, I think a big thing we haven't really mentioned is the kind of, uh, I would say, well, two separate subjects. One is how, uh, like, how freaking beautiful this game is in terms yeah. of its graphics and cinematography and its presentation with just everything uh, from boss battles to just going into the world and like these villages or whatever and uh, going into combat they really nailed it in terms of just like what a magic ability kind of looks like or a, a melee ability and then like going to dodge and like, you know, the sound effects and then even the grand um, boss icon battles that you get in this game. What a masterpiece this yeah. thing is in terms of that. Like it is so beautiful to look at. It's just gorgeous. So I just want to let everyone know like, you're you're in for a treat in terms of its 
uh, kind of its presentation of combat battles and story and whatever. It's a gorgeous game, I think. And one of the best yeah. looking games. I've That's played. a great point. It's honestly mm-hmm. one of the, you're right. Like it's one of the most beautiful current gen games, period. Yes. Full stop. Period. Which is also crazy to think about the fact that the engine for this game is a modified version of the Final Fantasy 14 engine. Like it's the same it engine that powers Final Fantasy 14, but it's just modified of course, because it doesn't have to account for 300 players on screen at once kind of thing. That's true. Yeah. 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 Like they can do a lot more with it. Um, mm-hmm. And also, of course, I got to give the shout out to, uh, to, to Soken, of course, Soken, the composer for the music in Final oh, yeah. Fantasy the 16. Music is amazing as well. Oh, yeah. The music is so good throughout the entire game, especially with, with a lot of the, the icons and things like that too. But like just a lot of themes you get throughout the game. Um, and even the, just the way that Soken also brings in musical themes from older Final Fantasy games and kind of trickles them, them in there without doing like straight covers of old, old ones. Although you do get kind of the classic Final Fantasy theme kind of done in in this style. But I love the music throughout this game. And of course, Soken, the, known famously for being the composer of Final Fantasy 14 and all the music from mm-hmm. that game, all like 700 songs for Final Fantasy 14, so which is much. just crazy to think about. It's so much music um, that uh, that. Yeah, I, I, I love this. I actually can't wait for the soundtrack to actually go on Spotify, Garrett, because I will actually listen to it all the time, just yes. like I do with the Final Fantasy 14 music uh, whenever I'm working. So, uh, yeah, nice. I'm, I, I love the soundtrack. I think it's great. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think those are two things we wanted to kind of hit on. But I think now, Garrett, mm-hmm. you should make the transition. Blink, blink, blink. This is everyone's spoiler warning. I'm going to give everyone 10 to 20 seconds right now. I'm going to time it right now um, to turn off the podcast. Of course, um, uh, of course, make sure to like the video and all that good stuff. And of course, come back uh, next week when Garrett has more stuff to talk about. Um, That is not spoiler related to Final Fantasy 14. Five, four, three, two, one. All right, Garrett here. Now we have transitioned to full spoilers. This, yes. Your spoiler warning is over and I've stalled long enough. Um, so, so Garrett, I'm going to ask you the first spoiler that I'm going to just throw out there. Uh, what yeah, was the best it. icon battle? What was your favorite icon? Oh, battle? the best icon battle. Oh man. Hold on. I got the icon list up. I know exactly which one um, I love. I just want to make sure I get the, the name right. It's just of course. been a while. Yeah. It's, uh, I, it's Bahamut. Yeah. It's definitely Bahamut. Like that that's yeah. the most epic icon battle I've or just battle boss battle I've ever been in. Yeah. Ever. It goes to space. It's the it only go- boss battle in space. <laughs> it goes to space, man. We're flying around. He is shooting bombs and and whatever left and right. Yeah. I felt like I was. And in you a merge trip. with Phoenix, and you get for the first time you get like Phoenix's abilities on as well as yeah. Efreet's abilities, and it's like, oh my god, this is so cool. Yeah, I I felt like I was a transformer, just like doing ultimate Dragon Ball Z moves that is out in space, and man, just going up in space and then just going back down, just free falling back down oh man yeah bahamut was by far my favorite one i the other ones were great too um i think shout out to the final battle uh ultima um that was a very great battle as well um i think everything else was just uh was just okay for me it it was great yeah some great battles i was gonna say the one that disappointed me because like in the moment i was super jacked for this particular fight but then 
as I got into it and, and realized all you were doing in it, I, I was actually really disappointed. And, and that was Titan because Titan was a, yeah. a, a fight. I was actually really looking forward to, um, cause I love that kind of all the buildup that they had for it. And I love the, the music track that they had during the Titan fight. Like I thought that was yeah. super cool. And again, very reminiscent of the music from final fantasy 14. Cause you actually fight Titan in final fantasy 14 and mm-hmm. it has a similar, song like a similar music choice but also Mm -hmm. there's a lot of visual elements that are pulled from that fight as well um in the in the titan fight so i I, as a final fantasy 14 fan like i appreciated that and i think that fight is well choreographed but man it just it was so boring being like all right i get a couple hits in and then i dodge and then do a couple more hits as i run (laughs) up his arm and then i dodge and then i avoid some stuff it was just i don't know It, it was like such a such a boring fight when you consider what you're doing. Yeah. But even though I was I was bored by the gameplay, I loved, love, 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 loved kind of the 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 music and just the vibe. I felt like I, I felt hyped while doing that fight, despite the fact oh, that all the actions I would do it was doing were very boring. So. Yeah, it, it was very quick time event related. It was yeah. like, you know, going on these tentacles that I, I don't even know. I was like, wait, how, how am I fighting this thing? <laughs> that that was the one thing I was like, wait, how am I attacking it? Or like, do I have to do something? And then it was like eventually towards the end. I'm like, oh, OK, this this kind of makes sense. How, how this is going to roll out. Yeah, Titan, I'm hearing is the one that's the most disappointing yeah, I combat out of all of them. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't as you said; it wasn't like uh, in terms of gameplay, it was not not you know fantastic or whatever. But in terms of just like how the buildup, yeah, of that battle and kind of the cool like cool down, I I really enjoyed those parts and the interactions between um, Hugo and Clive uh, throughout that. Oh my gosh, yeah, <laughs> the the way Clive just owned. Uh, you know, him killing Garuda and, yeah. and just like, hey, yeah, no, I killed the one you loved. And it's, and he just got so mad and just laughed and maniacally. I'm like, I love it so much. And it was like, we're, we're getting ready to battle. So anyways, um, yeah, that was good stuff. Yeah. And I will say, like, one of the, the things I was a little bit disappointed with the, in the game as far as icons is like, I really wanted a really cool icon battle with Odin. And we didn't me get too. it. I'm like, that I, was I like, so I, weird. I don't get me wrong. I love the boss battle that you get out of that instead of the, the icon battle that we should have gotten with Odin. Yeah. But man, I'm just like, that's a missed opportunity right there. Like that would have been so I can only imagine how cool that battle would have been. Yeah. Big guy with a horse fight. flying all around. I'm like, dang, yeah. I want it. I can't wait till I, I, I had the same thought. It's like, I wish I had this icon when I was like, oh, Barnabas slain. I'm like, wait, what? This yeah. is the end. Like, am I going yeah. to the next boss? That's interesting. Still, like, I love like the the Barnabas battle in the rain on top of the the hill. Like oh, that, man, was, that was that hardcore. was a, such a cool fight. But I still like. I really wish we got like an actual like battle versus um, Odin. I think that would have been super cool, especially because again, like Odin's one of the coolest Final Fantasy sevens. So I would have loved to battle him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And same with Shiva as well. Despite the fact that you know Shiva is on our side, obviously. I mean, yeah. we, we like a boss battle with her would make no sense. Um, but I, I still would have loved to, you know, fight Shiva as well. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I, all the icon battles are pretty cool. Like even some of the early ones, like the Garuda battle was pretty cool. Garuda was um, cool. Yeah. Like, and when you revisit kind of the, the Phoenix battle, I think that was really cool too. So, um, yeah, I like, I like a lot of the, the icon 
battles and just the boss battles in general. I found like all of them, even like the, the smaller bosses were really cool. Like one of my favorites was actually fighting Behemoth for the first time. That was like the big right. kind of like dog creature that summons yeah. meteors and stuff. Yeah. Um, and then you find him as like a normal enemy and you're like, oh, there's just Behemoth just running around summoning meteors. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, that, that, the Behemoth was interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, I did like all the mini bosses as well. I like getting into it and then like figuring out how to stagger uh, these uh, big bosses pretty well like yeah. I, I really got the hang of it i would say second half of the game i'm like okay yeah. i know how to uh and it's you know it's a lot of action games do this but i think they they do it really well here it's like they have a system of moves and they kind of tell you oh this move is about to happen or you kind of know choreographically what's gonna happen uh with the mm -hmm. boss battle and so you know how to dodge you know how to block and so on and so forth so um yeah i like a, a lot of the mini bosses as well yeah i'll look garrett i figured out in melon how to put up a little spoiler tag you I'm did just, it i just i pressed right the button and now, and now it's just that's just gonna sit there and say spoilers just in case Sweet. anyone actually wanders in here and is like oh I, I didn't know I, people were going to spoil this game despite the fact that it says it on the thumbnail. Um, moving on, Garrett. So we talked about we talked about the bosses and how much we liked. Of course, the final That's boss, great. Ultima, was really cool. But what did you think overall of Ultima the villain? Because like, <sighs> I feel like he, we just didn't see enough of him for me to really honestly feel one way or the other about Ultima. Like, mm -hmm. I thought he was kind of like a do nothing villain. Like, I thought the <laughs> the other villains you actually had in the story were better. Like Clive's yeah. mom was a great villain. Um, oh Barnabas that was a great villain. Yeah. Hugo was like, I, th I feel like they, they were way stronger than Ultima. Yeah. I, I think Ultima was this kind of all like a all true solution to the ending is like, how do we end this in the most epic way? And they're like, I know it's going to be God in some yeah. form of fashion. I'm like, <sighs> guys there's so many things you could do jr and like i i understand jrpgs go into this route but ultima well, it's also it's a, also a callback to old final fantasy games because ultima okay. is one of the enemies that you'll fight in older final fantasy games like one of the okay. final bosses like in final fantasy 2 ultima is the final boss or um final fantasy tactics Ultima is the final boss in that as well. And, and a couple I other see. Final Fantasy games are like that. In fact, you also fight uh, Ultima in Final Fantasy XIV is one of the big final raid bosses of a raid. Okay. Uh, so he's raid a, a well-known villain. But yeah, in terms of within Final Fantasy sixteen, I agree with you. I did not understand what, like I knew he was this kind of all true being, but like what's the really the purpose of him yeah. and, like, going through this? And it, it really doesn't open up until like the basically yeah, he when did. you encounter him <laughs> yeah he doesn't really explain why he's doing like what he's doing until like the end of the game like the last battle basically mm -hmm. and it's like oh cool well, yeah i i think like, i'm gonna destroy I, the world and then make my own paradise with, for just me yeah i think when i when i hit defeated hugo they were getting into a scene with barnabas and his uh his his assistant or whatever um and they were talking about mythos and like mm -hmm. I was like, and like going with the boss, or I, I that's where I kind of made the connection right there. It's like, oh, they they're kind of going with Ultima. Uh, he wasn't called Ultima. He was just like some, you know, whatever higher being. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. okay, they're figuring out how to like make the main character powerful, <laughs> like yeah. stuffing a turkey. <laughs> no, pretty joke. much. 
sucking the abilities all around. So um, yeah, but yeah. And of a re- they had to have a reason for it because of course you want you were to become Ultima's vessel so he could have all the powers of the icons so then he could make his own world and escape and destroy the old one and so he could just live by himself in paradise. I guess that's so that's, weird. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, this is very tropey. Yeah. yeah, I I wish it. I I agree with you. I wish it was another villain that was towards the end, other than just this god that wanted to destroy humanity. I'm yeah. Just like, eh. Well, especially because again, when you compare them to the other villains in the game, or also when I compared as a longtime Final Fantasy fan to mm-hmm. a lot of the the bosses in final old final fantasy games like when i come to Karim to Kafka from Final Fantasy 6 or um and at Selk from Final Fantasy 14 um like he just he just doesn't nearly match up with any of the uh, the older final fantasy villains in, at all mm-hmm. like he's kind of like a, a like a less charismatic Sephiroth cuz cuz at least Sephiroth you mm-hmm. feel like you understand Sephiroth's motives and stuff, despite the fact that you also in the original Final Fantasy VII, you barely see Sephiroth throughout mm-hmm. most of the game. You just you hear about Sephiroth, but you don't really see him all that much. Um, where and I kind of felt the same way about Ultima in this game, where it's just like you don't really see Ultima that much, and when you see him, it's just like cool. So he's just trying to take over Clive's body, and that's all we kind of know. Cool. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And then and he, yeah, there wasn't so yeah, there wasn't a plot twist with him. Um, yeah. much at all. So, hey, yeah, that's okay. Yeah. Um, of course, the, I'm going to ask you this. The, did you um, did you have a favorite side quest, Garrett? And we can go into spoilers about side quests in particular. Yeah, I man, I because I'll give you time to think. I'll bring up mine because mm-hmm. um, there was one right outside the the palace. Um, that whereas about these, these, this like rich father and his kid and what they were doing is they, they were basically buying up branded slaves basically, and then using them for the, like their own amusement, like as their own pets and oh, sending them that. off to like yeah. fight this beast basically that kept like sending them off to these wolves that kept murdering them because they were doing that for fun. And like that whole quest line just felt like, felt like a Witcher three quest line in a way where it had like. It was yeah. it was just like this really grim and dark story of of like of course the the worst parts of humanity like on dis, like on full on display um, and I love kind of with that quest as well like how they, they kind of get their comeuppance toward the end where they're like all right we need to get an even bigger beast in order to to kill Clive and then the bigger beast just ends up eating them so um, yeah oh, no, I, that, that was my, one of my favorite ones because again it just. Mm-hmm was so it was so different and interesting when you compare it to a lot of the other side quests in the game that it really stood out for me like it's still one i think about when i think about the side quests in that game mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah that that was a good one I, I definitely remember that one and i also remember the one next to it where it was this little girl that was looking for her pet yeah and like going off and then you figure out that the pet was actually a bearded uh, or a branded, sorry, yeah. um, and you're like, oh, this is yep. this is messed up. This is like super dark yeah. type of route. So yeah, that that one was interesting. I did like the eye for an eye one. I uh, I don't know if you you played that side quest, but basically it was Karen, uh, mm-hmm. the merchant, and you kind of develop a lot of her background and her, her story. Uh, leading up to her going into the hideaway um, and how much, you know, goats or whatever that character's name, uh, you know, is with her like all the time and interacting with her. 
yeah, Karen, uh, <laughs> definitely a not so good past. Um, yeah. Definitely, uh, you know, was more, you know, and understandably self-centered, wanted to be more profitable than doing anything for good or for uh, evil or whatever. She just did what she had to do. And then uh, you kind of like figure out in the end of that quest, it's like, okay, um, it's she has learned that she likes to be with the, you know, with the branded and with the hideaway and is doing things for good now. So that's good. I I really enjoyed that side quest and her development of that character uh, for (laughs) sure. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Those are some good picks. Um, Yeah. Lots of good side quests in that game. Like I said, even though there were a lot of like dull kind of side quests uh, there were some so, some good ones throughout the story that i really enjoyed mm-hmm. um and also i liked kind of the final side quest you go on um with with joshua and jill um where i love kind of their mm-hmm. um they, they it kind of like caps off their storylines as well and then it, they, they you get like the holy hands mechanic where they're basically in your party for the rest of the game um basically oh, nice. until the end of the game which was pretty cool um cool. which i don't yeah, it sounds like you didn't do those ones because they were some of the last ones you do. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, kind of. I I like how they kind of wrapped up their individual stories. Because um, again, you get get some great conversations with with Jill and Joshua when doing those quests, which was pretty nice. cool. Um, there's also even a quest too where you go on this little shopping errand, um, and you get to choose whether you have Jill or Tarja actually accompany you. Um, I remember and, that. Yeah, and depending on which choice you make, you get like an additional like thing, five minute kind of di- thing of dialogue with whoever you kind of picked. It doesn't really affect any anything else with the story throughout mm-hmm. the game, but I thought that was interesting that they had like a choice based one in there. Um, yeah. I to- I chose Charger by the way because I wanted to ha- learn more about her because you get to- you had Joe for most of the game. I'm like, oh, I want to learn about this person. Yeah, I- it was interesting for me. I picked Jill. I was like, wait, Clive is going to. Uh, oh, not like, like, you know, gonna have interactions with, with Jill more or with Tarja, which she, they don't really interact too much. I mean, they do, but like, it's Jill and Clive are a thing. So yeah, I was like, okay, let me just choose Jill and, and see what, uh, interactions I get out. And I think, uh, the other one was Otto and what's the other guy's name? Uh, the blind eye and he goes out scouting. I forgot his yeah. name. Uh, uh Gav. Uh, Gav, yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyways, um, yeah, I would say, again, later in the side quest, very good. I like the um, side quest with the blacksmith um, Mm -hmm. in his town um, and his kind of, it's pretty cool that they like, oh, this is where they, where these side characters within your hideaway come from. Yeah. And and that that one was pretty good too. Um, Yeah. So. Nice. Nice. Well, I'm going to bring in Drellish, who asked the Go question, Josh. how did you interpret the ending of Final Fantasy 16? And what oh. stories would you want the upcoming DLCs to focus on? Because this gives us a good time as any, Garrett, because you know, we're running a little bit long here. Uh, what, how, what did we think about the ending of this game? Mm. And kind of what, what, how did we interpret the ending? So, I mean, honestly... I know there's a lot of theories out there about, you know, certain characters alive or being alive or certain characters being dead. I honestly thought that the game was kind of playing his days, you know, who survived and who didn't, where I think there's a possibility Joshua survived at the end. Oh, um, really? <laughs> okay. But I, I think there's a possibility of that, but I think it is unlikely. I think I think Joshua and Clive are both dead. 
like I, th- I think both are clearly dead. Um, yeah, but... at least Clive for sure, because Clive's like body is falling apart at the end. And I'm like, like people out there are like, oh, well, um, when Jill's looking out and like the, the star the kind star. of flashes, yeah. she's like, oh, the, um, that's a sign that Clive somehow survived his body like falling apart because he had no ether left. And I'm like, no, I'm pretty sure Clive is dead, 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 like 100 percent dead. Yeah, he he definitely sacrificed himself. That 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 was definitely a thing, I think. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, yeah, I agree with you, Joshua and Clive. I think they're dead, too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Joshua, the only reason why I think it's possible that he's alive is because um, Clive did cast the, the 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 magic on him to try and resurrect him, which, of All course, right. Joshua mentions in the story that, you know, you can re- you can revive and heal the body, but you can't put the soul back in. Um, but because he actually gives them the Phoenix feather and the Phoenix mm-hmm. feather seems to react in some way, combined with the the end, the the part, the po- the post credit scene. Um, provided that you saw the post-credit scene yeah. there, the, the, with the, with the novel that yes. of course we knew that Joshua was writing. I think it's possible that Joshua survived. Um, but it's also just entirely possible that he left the book with Jill and then Jill, you know, put that out there with his stories of, you know, their adventure. Cause that was something that Joshua was writing the whole time was his adventures. And he talks about that more actually in the final Joshua side quest that you do with him. Okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Like that's where that, where that book comes from. But I love, I love the idea where it's like magic is kind of like the thing destroying the world. So the thing that basically fixes that is like Clive just takes the magic away and he just fixes everything. Yeah. Yeah. He takes away the magic and then like, I, I, yeah. Post credit scene. The, yeah, that's how I interpret it too, is that the book was kind of passed down kind of a story generations or whatever. And now there's a world without magic and, there's just you know a family and a couple of kids just playing around with the dog which is yeah. great the um, kids of course very reminiscent of joshua and clive of course yes but they do yeah. that on purpose yeah, yeah, yeah definitely so i i yeah i don't see much either way do you think there's gonna be dlc with this uh final they said they weren't gonna have any or yoshi they p plan. did originally say that but they've also been hinting at there might actually be something after all hmm we'll see yeah We'll see. I mean, if there is anything, I imagine that if you if there's DLC, you're going to maybe play as Jill in the DLC yeah, is what I can see happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Or the DLC might be something like Final Fantasy 15 did where they had like in Final Fantasy 15 for this DLC, they had character specific DLCs based on the other members of your party. Um, so like uh, uh, the Noctis, like uh, not Noctis, but the other members of the party beside Noctis had their own individual story chapters so maybe they do something like that but i think if they do dlc at all it'll be i think you'll probably play as jill is kind of my thought process and and or they might do something where you play as the other side characters or you play as clive in some kind of story that takes place before the final ending Mm because i don't think they're going to do like a fallout 4 dlc where they change the ending um josh also brings up in the chat that maybe they do a gov dlc they might, they might do a Gav DLC or maybe yeah. they could even do like a prequel DLC with something like Sid. Oh man, like with, D- with uh, was it Dion? Uh, is that his name? Bahamut? Yeah. The Bahamut guy? They could oh, do my. something like that too. I would love to know his background. I don't think we got enough of him. Yeah. We, we, we got like, we didn't even know him until really, um, the, you know, like was talking to his dad and then also, 
the uh, Clive's mother at the time. It, that was really after the second time jump, really into the game. And yeah. I'm like, who is this guy? And then he is the most epic icon battle. And uh, he is also one of the best companions, you know, and towards the Mm -hmm. end, he helps Joshua and Clive. Um, I would definitely like a DLC from him. Uh, Just just what's his upbringing? Because we get hints of like him being not like a very high bloodline, like his mother is just a low level, whatever, um, you know, in the society. So I'm curious of of what Mm -hmm. what he is more like. Yeah, And also be... Um, yeah, it'd be really interesting to see more of him, but he's also dead, dead too at the end. So it's just like, oh, he's definitely, I would also have to, again, be like a story pre thing. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah, I think like, yeah, either they do something with Gav or they do something with, um, with Jill or they, or it's a prequel. Like, I think that's what they do if they do other DLC. Mm -hmm. Again, I actually would be interested to see like a pre story DLC with, with Sid, like seeing how Sid got things started with Hideaway would be interesting. Yeah, and I would like... Uh, see, if it was going to be that, I want it to be more resource management-based, you know, because <laughs> you're building a hideaway. You're building what it's going to be. Um, and I would like to have... Th- see, that makes sense of more RPG mechanics in terms of resource management than anything else. Um, but I doubt they'll they'll do anything yeah. like that. Probably nothing like too crazy as far as, you know, changing up the, the combat system, which is also like, mm-hmm. I also wonder how they would even do the combat in, in, in DLC, even when you're not playing as Clive, which is why I thought like a um, like a, a dominant playing as a dominant of some kind would make sense, whether you're playing yeah. as Jill or Sid um, or even like one of the other characters that are dominance. Um, like, I think that would be like maybe you do like a Barnabas like early like prequel DLC kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like I think like something like that is maybe the direction they go in to kind of make, keep the combat sort of congruent with the rest of it. Like that's part of the reason why I don't think it'll be Gav. Um, because I think like it, they'd have to make the combat system very plain. Based, you know, yeah. Type of deal. Yeah. yeah. Although it, any, any sequel DLC that they would do, like if you're playing as Jill in like a sequel DLC, like a post, like a post story DLC, like she wouldn't have any of her magic out anyways. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I, I wonder how they would even handle that. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's really no, well, uh, that we know of, no magic after Clive, you know, kind of just did that. So, yeah, they, yeah, they I, do confirm that with the with the post credit scene. So, yeah, mm-hmm, at that mm-hmm. point, like I, I don't see what they that's why I'm like, I almost feel like it, like I would actually probably be less excited if they did DLC than just leaving the ending the way it is. Cause I, I don't, I personally don't feel like, like, I feel like the ending did enough to, to kind of cap off the story where I almost be, would be less excited about DLC. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, and likewise, I don't think they should ever really do a sequel to this game either. Um, no, no, if they were ever not. to do, if, if they were ever to explore the space or this world again, then it'd probably have to be a prequel in order to yeah. kind of keep things interesting. But yeah, yeah. Like maybe do something with like Clive and Joshua's father or something like that. If you do like, mm-hmm a prequel but yeah again i don't really think it needs it i do want to i this is probably yeah this is non-spoiler is more just technical wise it's so interesting we get into the cutscenes of like major side quests and the main quests or whatever and 
Clive and the other side characters look really good in terms of just models and make animations or whatever. It looks very good. And then I go to just a random side quest. I feel like I'm looking at a a 3D animation yeah. <laughs> class project type of deal going on where it's just simple movements, simple mouth gestures or whatever of what they're saying. Yeah. I'm like, wow. Like, it's not bad, but like it's totally, you can see the level of difference between what they put in effort that they put into and what they did not put into that's kind of the final fantasy 14 effect a little bit because i see. um that's what this like the side quests kind of feel that way in final fantasy 14 and I see. again this is still create a business unit three kind of doing their thing so yeah, yeah that that's kind of where i think that that's the place that comes from a little bit it's just like mm-hmm. likewise that's part of the reason why i think the the main story is told so well and is so is so cinematic because they they did that like as the expansions rolled on where for Final Fantasy fourteen they they became more and more like that to the point where when you I play see. Endwalker like all of the the story cutscenes and there's a lot of cutscenes in Endwalker in fact it's more almost more cutscenes than sto- than than gameplay in that expansion um, are all like the, the cutscenes in Final Fantasy 16. It's not obviously as gorgeous of a game, mm-hmm. um, but it's the, all of them are well choreographed with different camera angles and the characters are very lively and they all are fully voiced and whatnot. Cool. Sounds yeah. good. Yeah. Cool. Well, is there anything else spoiler related you want to talk about before we, we wrap up the show for the night, Garrett? Yeah, I think overall, I, you know, I really enjoyed uh, this game. It's, there's just, it's so interesting how they just get into the story and then you kind of don't really understand it until I, I, again, like I, I didn't understand fully aware until like 10, 15 hours in, maybe even the second time jump. I'm like, okay, this is where it is. I do want to mention some great, just, you know, characters out there. Of course, Sid um, mm-hmm. coming in there and being a role model for Clive and like directing him and towards, uh, being with the hideaway and with the branded and um, you know all that good stuff. I also want to shout out to Jill. Jill had a great uh, kind of presence mid game with her type of motivations and uh, taking over certain um, kind of like territories or whatever, or, or breaking one of the mother crystals. Um, yeah, that that was super cool. Um, other than that, uh, writing the writing was very good in this game. Yeah, um, I. I it's very hard to find very good you know type of writing like this um it's very high quality very high caliber I I definitely love the end of this game the last sentence coming from Clive is like uh because Ultima you know he's he's trying to like you know take over his body or whatever and like trying to destroy the world um and humanity and and you know it's like i'm i'm creating my you know fantasy into reality or whatever and then clive's like no this is your fantasy and you're the f- uh you're you're the final witness to bear it and just throws yeah. it so i'm like yeah that's now that's <laughs> epic that's super yeah. epic uh yeah so overall very <laughs> i enjoyed my time with this game i just wanted yeah. to nice. speak out a little bit more so yeah, much I mean, again, like creative business unit three, just as we talked about before on other shows, like the, their writing team, there, like slam dunk every time they, they read up, like ever since Heaven's Ward, which is the first expansion for Final Fantasy 14 came out, like 
their writing has just been off the charts good with everything that they've done, mm-hmm. like with all mm-hmm. the expansions for 14 and now with 16. Like, I can't wait to see what they do next. Like, be mm-hmm. like with Don Trail coming out next year. But then also, I think they're going to probably do another Final Fantasy game at Creative Business Unit 3. Like, oh, I, bet. Yeah. I don't see why they wouldn't at this mm-hmm. point. So mm-hmm. like, I, I think they're like the golden goose of Square Enix at this point. Like they're the LeBron James or the Kobe Bryant. Like they they're probably going to have them do like every Final Fantasy game probably going forward. Or at least they'll be like one of the two main teams on like the mainline franchise in addition to 14 at this point. So do they have I, I'm very interested because do they have like English writers there or do they translate it somehow? Because the English like wording and just the vocabulary and the sentence structure is so good too. The, I, I'm I'm interested to know more. They um the writer is not does not write in English, but they have right. their localizers work all, all in house there. Kind of like what Nintendo does. So okay. um yeah, so at that point they they do like that's how they do it. Like they do all the localization internally at at, at their studio. I, I understand. Okay, so yeah, they're very involved uh, with the the yeah. writers of yeah. Of they don't the farm it out to anyone else or anything like that. No, it's like uh, like even though the main writer isn't writing in English, like it's yeah, it's it's translated very very well. Which again, like yeah. it's just it definitely translation is. translated over from fourteen for sure. Like mm-hmm. definitely but, cool. Yeah. Um, and like, like I said, like also people out there, if you like the story in this game, even though it's hard for me to recommend because it's 200 hours long, um, the, you would probably love the story in 14, like, cause mm-hmm. it's very, it's not similar to this story, but like, cause you know, it's much more of a final, like even more final fantasy than the story that's in this game. Um, but just the, the writing, the characters, um, the, the villains themselves are, are just much more compelling in, in a game like that. Like, I, I think this story is honestly one of the best parts about Final Fantasy 14. Um, so I think people who like the story here would definitely really enjoy the story in 14 as well, despite the fact that it's an MML. So mm-hmm. just wanted to give a, that shout out as well. All right, Garrett, I think that's going to do it for this Final Fantasy 14, Final Fantasy 16 conversation. Like I've got 14 on my brain now. So I'm just thinking about it all the time. Um, And I I think that's going to do it for the RPG cave tonight. But before we go, Garrett plugs go. You can follow me at Twitter. You mean X? (laughs) At Blaine Explosion. All right. Um, And then you can also find me on the Discord. I am very active on, I would say, PC Gaming, RPG cave. I look at Xbox Drive. I look at your PlayStation ponies sometimes over there so yeah um just you know hit me up um and then yeah just be on the lookout uh for announcements certainly uh i i would say next monday but um we will definitely have an announcement of you know i'm gonna go through my discussion of atelier remake murray um and uh yeah and just you know give my thoughts about that game thanks nice Mm -hmm. um oh garrett one thing i forgot to do before i go to my 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 uh things um i forgot to assign you a game because remember, I was supposed to do that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. sounds good. What, what do you want me to do? What's my homework? What's my well, uh, August project? Garrett, you will be playing, according to how long to beat, a nine and a half hour game. Oh, thank you. You are playing the cinematic RPG, Parasite Eve. It okay, is finally happening. Let's do Someone it. else besides me is playing Parasite Eve, and that person's Garrett Bland. Hold on. You, I... It, I'm very curious if I have it on my Vita. 
<laughs> it's a PS1 game and it, it's on the P- PlayStation Store for $5 if you don't. Yeah, okay, sounds good. All right, I want to see if yeah. it even turns on. Because oh, no. it'll either be on your Vita or you got, of course, your your other Steam bullets. Yeah, your mm-hmm. Steam Deck, play it there. So, um, And then, Garrett, once you've finished it, we will do a Parasite yes. Eve episode of the RPG Cave. <laughs> I willed this into existence. I'm so excited to hear what you have to say about this game. That's a short Especially game. Like, <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, it's a survival horror role-playing game. You probably don't want to make it too long. Because um, it, t- but it also like sure. the way the story takes place. It takes place over six days leading up to Christmas because it's a, of course, a Christmas mm. game. Um, so, um, yeah, it, it's it's you know traditional kind of survival like Resident Evil length. Which the reason why I thought of this one, even though of course I I wanted just an excuse for you to play Parasite Eve, Garrett. Um, the other reason I I knew that this would actually be a good time for you to play it is because you played uh those Resident Evil games and really liked them too. So yeah, I, I did play. I went through RE2, um, yeah. which so. was very good, very high quality. I I'm glad that was my first RE yeah. game. Um, yeah. And even though this is a PlayStation One game, Garrett, I mean, it's one of those things where I know, other than Final Fantasy VII, you really haven't played any PlayStation One role playing games. So I felt like this would be a good choice yeah. too. Sounds good, man. I can't so there wait. you go. After the break, we will talk about Parasite Eve. I'm so I'm so excited for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just excited to hear what you have to what you think about this game like yeah. what, what direction you go in um but as for me you can find me over on x at ryan turford you can also find us on x as carpool gaming um we're also right here at youtube.com slash carpool gaming and of course podcast services around the globe so for garrett bland i'm ryan turford this has been the 103rd level of the rpg cave in the last for at least a little while and we're out Bye-bye. See you later, guys. The RPG Case Beta is powered by patrons over at patreon.com slash carpoolgaming. We want to say thank you to all of our patrons, starting with our ultimate producers, Robbie Bobby Miller. You can find him over at twitch.tv slash Robbie Bobby Miller today. Tony Baker from the Quest for Pixels podcast. You can check them out over at youtube.com slash Quest for Pixels. Jonathan Brown, the man behind the music, behind the Xbox drive. You can check out all of his music. His link tree is found in the description of this podcast. Lee Navarro, the fearless leader of the Phoenix Overdrive Extra Life team. You can check him out over at phoenixoverdrive.com. And of course, Trucker Sloth. Our platinum producers, Marcus Berkraken and RJ Curran. And our gold members, Adam K, Anna, Awesome Dave, 1337, Bowza, Cecily Carroza, Dano, Drellish, Emily O'Kelly, Hopple, John32, Jonas Young, Jose Jimenez, Marcus O'Neill, Shy Guy, and Tim Alf. Thank you all for all of your support. And if you want to hop in the car with us, head over to patreon.com slash carpool gaming and choose the tier that's right for you.